welcome to this week's episode of Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michael Amargan, and with us we have our continuous guests, Zaquel and Nali. So, just as a question, um, have you guys ever wanted to travel, say, to Miami, or even if you were in the States, say, from Miami to Chicago at 750 miles an hour? Mm, no. No. Why not? Because the G-Force no one's going to mess you up. <laughs> It's gonna mess with everything. <laughs> I just prefer it to take my time, not slow, but like a suitable pace. Suitable pace. Okay, so here's this thing. There is a product. You guys have talked about. Um, well, you guys have heard about Elon Musk, right? No. The guy behind the Tesla cars. Oh yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. SpaceX and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yes. so there was this idea of his that he put on paper a while back, conceptualized and said to people, go with it. You know, feel free to take the idea, make it work, that kind of thing. And um, the idea is called Hyperloop. And what it is, is it uses a vacuum sealed tube with micro... <laughs> with but hear me out, hear me out. It, it uses an electronic, uh, a magnetic, magnetized system to lift up a trolley, train trolley in a sense. But it's, it's conducive for this situation, meaning, you know, it's very aerodynamic. And um, so what it does is it lifts it up and then zips it along this speedway that it has. And because it's locked inside this vacuum sealed um, tube, it allows it to speed along without any air resistance. Okay. They've done tests already. The tests were successful. Uh, no one has been inside them as of yet. Of course. <laughs> of course. But, and because it's still conceptual, but the idea and the premise behind it is, uh, well, another means of traveling from one side of the country to the next cheaply without having to spend a few hundred dollars on a plane ticket. But to start walking. In a sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, people have been going for this for a while and like hoping for it and... I mean, when I first heard of it, the first thing I thought of was Futurama. I'll be quite serious. Yeah, the travel tubes. Yes, exactly. Now, the, the issue with it is the tests that they've done aren't all that far. Like, there hasn't been one over a mile yet. But the speed is there. The, like, Everything is working as it should, and so they're going based off of that. So, if you were able... I'll, I'll re-ask this question now that you have a little bit of an idea. If you were able to, and you knew you would be safe, 
Would you be willing to travel from one part of the country to the next using such a system? No. <laughs> there are just so many systems for error. I, I, I would like let somebody do it first. I'm not going to be like the first set of people to go try it. I'm going to let somebody do like a their own trial and error phase. And then once it's safe and I get the clear to go, then I'm going to go. Nah, I'm good. I'd rather take the long, slow route. Uh, Aren't people going to test it out? It looks like one nope. little joyride. Nope, you know joyride right here. Dude, that's 700 miles an hour. 700 750. 700 plus miles an hour. If anything were to go wrong, you'd be turned to butter. That's what that Hidden means. Abyss. You're, you're, you're literally inside of a bullet. And you will be turned to butter. Like, one va- like so this vacuum seal tube that's traveling across the country. Who's maintaining this vacuum seal tube? Like, do you know what that means? That's constant maintenance. That's no room for, ever, for error. In other words, more jobs. Yeah, yeah what, more jobs, yes. But at the same time, very like the death toll would be catastrophic and there'd be no coming back like one like one person is a size a slip up oh i don't really feel like doing it right now and that not doing it right now is what causes someone's life it happens on airplanes and airplanes aren't going half the speed <laughs> so imagine going twice or triple the, time, the speed of an airplane well <laughs> me personally i know i would probably feel very similar to Vicky, you know, you can try it out first. I'm not saying like you, cause you've obviously stated that you're not doing it, but, um, like a few, a few months can go past first and if all is well, I'll probably give it a shot. Yes. To say I, like, I, I, I want like confirmation a hundred percent sure. Like there's like maybe a one out of a hundred, out of a hundred um chances of error and i'm not going to be in that one percent like i want somebody else to not, not to sound mean <laughs> you, want someone so else to die. <laughs> you have a better chance of dying in a plane crash than dying and struck from lightning so 50 percent chance you could die in a plane crash every time you're off in a plane imagine traveling at 700 miles an hour in a vacuum sealed tube across the country that's you, like at least you won't feel anything if anything happens you just hear bah, not be it. That's it. Just non-existent. That's it. Poof. Into the next life. So you could be thankful for that. You know, it's not like being in a plane going down. You just poof. No longer exists. For me, that's that. Dude, they haven't gone over a mile. They should not be speaking of it until they've done a significant test. That means they've done a rail and they've traveled from one end of the rail to the other less than a mile. That's not enough. That's not enough. That is not enough. <laughs> you know they serve popcorn. Like, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to eventually start experimenting on rats and stuff. And those poor rats. You would want no, them to try it on rats? They're going to send animals. What? Rats would be too small. I think what they would really start out... What they would first start off... No, what they would start off with more than likely are fruits. And then see what the internals of the fruits are afterwards. Because if the fruits can't handle it, then neither probably can your body. Yeah. If a grapefruit turned to juice, it's probably not a good idea. They're probably going to um, use a watermelon or like some melon because the consistency of the shell is similar, well, somewhat similar to bone. But 
it's ridiculous. I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but why do we need to travel happens. so fast? Like, why do we need to travel so fast? Because that's how fast the world is moving and advancing. Yeah, that's why people are dying so fast. Well, I mean, it, it does allow for travel that happen that is cheaper and allows you to get to places much faster. So, for example, us here in the Bahamas, we can take a flight to Miami and then take one of these tubes to New York at half the time and ha at maybe half the cost. See, I don't believe that. But the flight, the flight from here to Miami ain't too bad. So like I could, I could bail no, like an hour, 30 minutes. So why I say that is because, okay, the maintenance on that system has to be astronomically high. There's no way it's going to be cheap to maintain that system, especially in the beginning stages. It's impossible. Yes, there may be a magnetic system, and I'm trying to think of the dynamics of how it would work. Obviously, the magnetic system would be inside the rail itself. Yes. Inside the, the train itself, so it would be a fault propulsion. Yes. Okay, I get that. Who maintaining that? That ain't cheap. That ain't cheap. We've got a... This guy has the money. He is yeah. built. He is quite literally built. I know. The he has own rockets. He has I built his know. own friggin' rocket stuff. <laughs> Who builds like, rocket yeah. ships? Yeah, and after the first flight failed, he, he chucked up his own money again to rebuild a new one. And I they've been working. That. And they have been but working. Rockets they... are different. Rockets are a little different. Not very many people riding rockets. No. Like, I don't need I don't need a rocket going horizontal. Vertical. What is it? Yeah, horizontal. I don't need a horizontal rocket. Cause I'd rather go up, up and away from everybody than straight ahead into a catastrophe. Like, I'd much rather ride a rocket than I would a, a bullet train. Or oh, one of those. Or a cannon train. A real gun train. That's what they are. Uh, let's see. They're talking about passenger capacity. The Hyperloop would have very low passenger capacity compared to high-speed rail. Levy says the Hyperloop could carry 3,360 passengers per hour each way. This compares to 12,000 passengers each hour in a high-speed rail and 4,000 on a freeway. So, I mean, it's possible, but at the same time, you also have to realize they're, they're honestly looking for maybe like six people per, I'm thinking, I'm, this is my thought, they're probably looking at more like six people per, um, per trolley. Oh, Lord. Uh, Mr. Wong got timed out again. I thought I'd sit him to uh, a regular. Anyway, um, the next idea by the same guy was something called the Boring Company. And it's quite literally spelled boring. B-O-R-I-N-G. Um... And the idea behind it is it goes underground and creates a tunnel system. Oh, I just was thinking this. Now, this tunnel system would allow you to... I'm just adding Mr. Juan as a regular. Ah, he said it all caps. So, 
what it does is you park your car on top of this, uh, I guess you could call it trolley again. Except it would fit around your car and like fully, uh, how should I put it? You drive up onto it, the back would surround your car and, you know, make a bumper for it in a sense. And it would have roughly the same idea system, except that it moves along and it carries it along this uh, tunnel. And then whenever you reach your destination, you it would have some system to so that it knows, you know, you're this is where you want to be. And then it takes you back up from underground and into one of the designated like unloading spots. And then it comes, it opens up and you drive out. Supposedly, I mean, let me see if I can find how fast that's supposed to go. Probably not, 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 as, not as fast as... <laughs> Damn. No. Probably about 100, no, no, no. 200 miles an hour. In a car, yeah. Two, 200 miles an hour max. That should go. Uh, 125 to 150 miles an hour. Say, 200 max. I knew it. Like, it sounds like a good idea, but the complication comes in how many cars can ride the system per time. Uh, is it, uh, like, so if there's a designated stop-off area, how long is the process for vehicles being removed off the rail at a time per, like, you know, so it's like, okay, let's just say if 10 cars hop onto this rail system at one point, does it stop, let off three, then it continues on, or like a train system? No, so That's what it is, is it, you've got going and coming, of course, just like regular traffic. Mm -hmm. It's got, and from what I remember of the system, it got it has centerpieces. So when you're coming up to your stop, it moves into the center. And then, you know, since it's the center, it also has space so that, you know, there's, there could be a line. Okay. And it's all maintained anyway by a particular system. So even if it's got a stop, like got a little block it can move people around to other lanes and they can just continue on okay like i need to see i need to see it because first off yeah like, they have a no, concept like, video you know because oh, cool. you have some people that may not be too happy in life just, you know call it as it is and they use it as a easy system to just kind of catapult themselves Uh, like, like I, I, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah, because if you're traveling at high speed on a rail in a car, like, you have to really make sure, like, you know, this is going to take a lot of safety and consideration. I don't mean to be a devil's advocate, but there are just some people that like to watch the world burn, and it's definitely, like, every time you progress, you have to worry about how people are going to use your technology to do the worst thing possible because if this real system is going to be efficient enough it's going to remove buses it's mm -hmm. going to remove some trains and trains you know some real systems so there are people are going to want to you know start to bring that down because you're now causing them some people may enjoy riding a bus i don't, I don't know but it's definitely worth the look into oh, to make just... sure i just put the link to the video so you guys can watch it really quick if I can play it for our viewers. Mm. 
Oh, I love the renders. Those are really nice. Yeah. Jeez. Definitely viewer, I'll tell you that. Okay, so it's a highway system. Yes. Who is building the, building these tunnels? <laughs> what? Oh, this is so cool. It's definitely a good idea. Oh, that looks look nice, eh? Okay. Okay, that's that's crazy. Like, there's no way. I'm sorry, there's no way we're gonna get that kind of funding to dig underneath the country. Like, you literally have to dig underneath the country, underneath the cities, for that to be viable. Well, hold on. So, I'm playing the video for everyone so they can actually just watch it as well. Okay. This is really interesting. Yeah, it's like a higher system underground. It's a perfect concept, I'll tell you that. That's, that, that, that is the, probably the best of it right now, as a concept video. I don't know what the city is, it's really clean. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a really good concept for you. The it concept is. is nice, but there's no way you can dig that many tunnels. There's no way. Well, there are That'll some. Come, there are some um, cities that'd be willing for it. I think a few have actually even like offered. <sighs> That's. It I would, mean, it would, can, it would help with um, traffic jobs. though. For some places, it would help with jobs. But That's it. Help jobs. But also. Um, <laughs> Crazy. Just so we also oh. know, I'll play the Hyperloop video as well, just so people can understand that a little bit better. Good. Get that going really quick. Imagine traveling non-stop at up to 670 miles per hour, above land or underground. This is Hyperloop, a Did new mode of like transportation that? that has been developed by Hyperloop One. It starts with an electric motor, which is broken up into two basic components. The rotor, which rotates, and the stator, which is stationary. The stator is an electromagnet, so when an electric current passes through it, the rotor is magnetically attracted to spin. Unlike a normal electric motor, okay, the Hyperloop 1 motor fine. isn't circular, it's linear. And the rotor is on the pod, which is propelled magnetically as it moves over the stator. Hyperloop One's unique technology uses magnetic levitation to guide and lift the pod off the track. Nearly all of the air inside the Hyperloop tube is removed using a series of vacuum pumps. This effectively creates our own sky inside the tube as if you are quietly flying at 200,000 feet above sea level. This reduces drag so only the smallest amount of electricity is needed to achieve extraordinary speeds and creates a more cost and energy efficient system than high-speed rail or airline transport. Hyperloop One will be automated by the most advanced systems in the world, allowing a safe and efficient journey that's never delayed or overbooked. Hyperloop is the first new form of public transportation in over a hundred years, 
fundamentally, it will change the way we travel, work, and live. Welcome to the future. Yeah, so that's that's the whole Hyperloop idea right there. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's so amazed. Look at his mouth open. <laughs> I'm still watching. I'm listening to what she's saying too. <laughs> For those who um probably just listening in, if you're on the podcast, Nally's quite literally just has his hand on his chin. He's watching this video. He's astonished. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, well, you you feel any it's different? Definitely, kind of it's, uh, not really. It's definitely future tech. It's definitely you know that sci-fi tech. Uh, that make that that's probably more plausible than you know the other one because it's easier to build real above ground than it's underground. Uh, it's a lot of glass. Anything they build it is a lot, and then the vacuum system. No, the two lot. What are you saying? Is a lot of glass? No, they they they, they made it look like they just use glass to build the tubing. Oh no 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 no! That's like, not glass at all. That's actually strengthened. I think that's a strengthened polymer. Okay. I mean, it looks like it looks like a much more much plausible idea than the other one. Uh, and I don't know, it still feel like future tech to me. Okay. It's very Futurama to me. So what if I told you there was a company that decided, and in my personal opinion, it's kind of like creating a baby between both of them. Okay. So I'm going to send you guys the link to that one. It's called Arivo. It's above ground. It uses the, pretty much the same premise of technology. But um, no, I'll I'll let you guys watch and. Uh, there was a time when I wasn't my best. I felt choked, congested. I couldn't breathe. I was disconnected from myself and you, and I knew I could do better. Now I have. This is a Revo. A high-speed, super-urban network, and it is fast. It gives us back time we had forgotten. Freedom to start the day in our own way. And still get to work on time. Arivo moves people and things more miles in less time. We can explore again, freely. Life is easier. Even getting to the airport is... Oh, we're here. With Arivo, we can connect again. <laughs> or just play. No stress. All the way across town and beyond. With all that stuff, no problem. Getting where you want to go is fun. And it's connected to other ways of moving around. A new layer of transportation. And you'll always arrive home. For the important moments. Ah, 
It feels great. This is the new me. The me I knew I could be. And this is the end of traffic. Right. So, that was Arrivo's idea and spin on it. Ah, uh, what do you guys think? Again, I think the bullet train will probably do, still be more plausible, because not like no city is going to completely redo their highway infrastructure to accommodate a rail system. <laughs> like the cost of that alone would not be. It wouldn't make any sense financially for any state. That would make any sense. Hold on a second. So, if I remember correctly, Denver, Colorado, is actually willing to do that. Oh, I'm actually interested to see how, um, it's like, you know, like you said, that's future tech. So, like, like now you said, like, you know, some things aren't interested in doing it now. But like, how are they gonna advance towards it? That's what I'm, I'm actually interested to see, like how they're gonna eventually get there because it's gonna happen eventually. Like, I feel like it's gonna happen. Like someday or another, it's gonna happen. So I wanna see if states are actually willing to basically reconstruct their whole highway system just um, to add in the extra lanes. And like the last one that you showed, with I think Vivo, Vivo. So um, that one kind of looks like it's kind of like an express lane in a sense. So I'm assuming that they're gonna actually have people paying extra money to be in order to use like that express lane. So that's gonna help with like maintenance and so on right there. Well, I think all of them you would have to pay for, to be quite honest. So because I don't think any of them would be willing to just say, "Hey, you can jump on this for free." Exactly. Um, that's what the regular highway and stuff like that would be for. And that, I think that would be more based for government. Um, unless, you know, they work with the government to somehow subsidize it, which, I mean, is possible, but I don't think quite plausible. Like, uh, Omega just said that it's probably best to make... Magnetic roads with safe driving cars make more sense. Yes and no. It's probably better to just use GPS vehicles, GPS driven vehicles. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm saying in terms of magnetic roads, like it'll probably be easier to set up a system where vehicles check in at certain points. Like, like you could put chips in the street. That'll probably function better than having magnets in the street. Yeah, that's or trying to build a steel, trying to build like a steel road to levitate the magnetic car. Mm, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I know that will be a few years off because they make a fair amount of money using uh, tar roads. And yeah. so once, you know, you do that, then that particular money set is gone. But I, yeah, I agree with Vicky as well. Um, I think this one's probably one of the more realistic looking ones, especially since there actually is a city that already wants this exact system. Um, I don't know if you heard that as you were heading off. Denver, Colorado. 
probably Dubai is going to be the first to implement something like this. Mm, I don't know. They've got, they've got the money. They have the <laughs> Dude, money. They, they build skyscrapers just to prove they can. Yeah, they they've have got the, the money. They, they have like self-driving taxis, I think, at the moment. Yeah, at least they're working. They on have. Dude, robots have rights in Dubai. Saudi so, Arabia, but... Well, yeah. I stand corrected. But... It's a... More plausible. In a country that has the money to burn on such technological... Thoughts. But, I mean, the fact is... Most of the stuff is still happening in the States. Mainly because the people behind the idea is in the States. Yeah. So... Time will tell. Um, I honestly can't say. I know Mr. Wan had mentioned if any of those were coming to, were targeting China. I don't know, to be quite honest. Um, I know the bullet train and whatnot are already popular in both China and Japan. So, this might be just another thing on that. And I know the train system over there is having its own issues so I can't really say but talking about like inventiveness and stuff like that do you guys feel that smartphones are actually coming to like a, a plateau like there's less and less being able to be done it's almost more of the same, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. The, the you know they have the persons that are building the flexible smartphone, so that, that's the uh, like the only other thing they could really do in terms of you know real advancements now. It's changed the way you use the phone itself, like the actual phone. Like okay, yeah, I could take this and I could put this in my pocket. Or I'll put this in a case. But then they have people who are trying to make your phone snap onto your wrist like a watch or. You know, that could be folded up. Like they're trying to make the phone itself more unique, than, other than just the what it's capable of doing. So there's still some flexibility there, some some things that'll be feasible, but still, you know, it's you know, like when flexed onto it, there's only you can go. So it's still a little more, a little more room, in my opinion. Hmm. What do you think, Vicky? I feel like at this, like at this moment, like in this day and age, right, right now, I think we're more or less at a stand standstill. And because, like, as you can see, it's just like more small. It's, just, it's like a lot of small changes that's been going on with phones, and it's nothing like drastic over the years like now the trend this year was clearly less bezels like the, that's the trend now so I'm, i want to see like, what's the what's going to be a trend for next year like are we are we going to eventually move to a bezel a complete bezel-less phone now whereas you won't be able to see where the screen and the back portion of the the phone meets where was going to happen with because like um there was this one phone I think they did, they did a complete bezel list, but like the camera's at the bottom, so like you had to flip it around while it's used the front-facing camera. So like I want to see like how are we going to progress, because like you have to have, you still have to have space for certain things that are necessary to have on the top of the phone. 
it's like how are we going to progress as we continue going forward unless like we end up with that notch it's just going to eventually happen so this is more or less like what are we going to do next because like at the present moment it's just battles for us in the moment and there isn't anything like super like it's right now is battles screen camera like that's like that's the main stuff of phones now so like i want to see like how we're going to progress forward and there's like the the cpu and gpu are, like this is they're improving but like at some point like what are we going to use those stuff inside our phones for like unless unless you're like using a razor phone and you're actually like plan on gaming but it's like certainness that they're giving us like not the average consumer wouldn't really necessarily use it so i think like right now we're at a we're at a standstill until like further on but I I'm not interested in seeing like people like slapping phones on their wrists and like foldable phones and stuff like that. It it may just be me. I'm just probably just stuck in the traditional pull up my iPhones. Yeah, like I feel like I'm probably just like stuck in my traditional phase. Or I don't want to fold the phone. That's fine. Like you just have some people that want their phone to to do more. Like I would love like. Maybe a surfer would love for his phone to be able to pop onto his wrist and he could just go out to the water. Or a fisherman, they don't really have to worry about a phone sliding off. It's waterproof, it's, you know... You buy an like, iPhone. Like, I mean, not iPhone. Buy yeah. Apple Watch. Yeah, but then... Yeah, but then you ha- it has to be connected to a phone. Can you put a chip inside an Apple Watch? Well, now with the Series 3 cellular versions, you have eSIMs. You can leave your phone at home and you can just go out with your watch. If your carrier supports eSIM technology. Yes. But, but why would you want to leave your phone home and your phone is the best part of your watch's capability? But then that then leads to the question, what about the surfer and the fisherman who just wants to go out and like slap their phone on their wrist? Hey, there's something right over your head. Like it's some rope. Like I think you're reaching. Because <laughs> well, yeah. that makes no sense. Like, you you just said you just said that like yeah, you know there may be a surfer or a fisherman who wants to go out yeah. and want to carry his phone with him, like you know it's waterproof. Just like slap it on his wrist, it's waterproof. He can do like all those calls and so on. On that, you can do that with like smartwatches now. Yeah, but like it's kind of different. Like the phone has a lot more that they can do than a watch. So like, uh, like why do I want to go? Just my watch. But in order to slap your phone on your wrist, it's going to have to be like a certain size. Yeah, no, but they have the, they actually have the bendable phones that can do that. Like, so in other words, you want to you want to be walking around with Wonder Woman. Um, what what other things go? <laughs> like, that's the God, other to me because they got they're, they're going to be yeah. like super thick. It's yeah, like but that's hey, but like you say, that's you. You may not see it interesting, but for them, that may be you know someone who's probably exercising. Honestly, I don't mind strapping my wrist. Like, how my phone sticks in my arm, and I could just go run. I have an issue. Well, I had an issue with my watch on my arm. So like, float over. Like some people have an issue with, like. Like I think it was the first ass gear that they made. I had an issue with that because I didn't like how it looked. Like aesthetically, it wasn't pleasing me, and like I just felt like it was just so oddly shaped and I don't know, it just didn't really look comfortable on your wrist. And like some people have issues with Apple watches, you know, you know it's not really comfortable, etc. And Apple like kind of advise you to take the watch off every hand that give your skin time to breathe. So you can imagine people trying to like slap a hole, like, um, um, what is it? Rectangle size with phone on their wrist. 
Like, that's gonna be so uncomfortable. That's, you know, to each their own. There may be a market for people who may want it. Maybe I'm in construction and it's easier for me to keep. And I don't know. There's just so many applications that a bendable phone could, you know, be used for. And that, that, you may not, that you may not have a use for. That then leads to the question, because you're gonna on because it's on your wrist, it's gonna be very vulnerable to scratches, damages, anything when you start moving around. So are they gonna gonna make bendable screen protectors? Probably, they probably gonna it's probably gonna be made out of a material that can handle some kind of impact. That's what they all say. All the materials are always made to handle some type of impact, but they always end up getting damaged. But nothing's indestructible. Exactly. Exactly. So nothing is indestructible. Your phone's indestructible. Your phone has a protective screen, but your protective screen is only so durable. So. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, I'm having like something on my wrist, I would prefer to have it that leads with something that's a bit durable and not like arms and scratches whereas I can just like take it off, throw it away and purchase another one and slap it on instead of then like having to damage my phone. I feel you. But to each their own. It may not it just may not be for you. I don't know, I feel I feel like I'd pull them on towards the foldable phone before the rest phone. What are they gonna even want to call it? <clears throat> Let me throw a concept to you guys. And this is what how yeah. I personally believe mobile devices will eventually run your phone will become a brick a battery that <laughs> that, sounds weird. that connects to a bunch of other items that you have on you your watch your glasses your clothing because yes smart clothing actually has been a thing for over almost a decade now it just hasn't gone mainstream where like the the shirt you're wearing can de detect if you're having a heart attack and call the ambulance for you that actually is an actual product that's been around early 2000s is it just me to find some of these things just so creepy so and much like, yes <laughs> this is a bit much it's a lot much not even just a little bit much it's a okay. whole lot much i understand that you know they're coming they're coming at it with good intentions but it just kind of seems as if it's a bit much yeah well, like i really don't need my shirt to call an ambulance if something goes wrong honestly like that system alone is a lot <laughs> it's just it was a concept idea but the fact yeah. is it was still possible to do to do and it's mainly okay. meant for those people that you know have that kind of issue that they they run the risk because the average Joe Blow, they probably don't really need a shirt like that to spend the extra money that yeah. just for heart detection. Yeah, maybe like in a medical facility where you have to maintain, well, monitor people. They could probably just have custom shirts made that, you know, conduct enough electricity that if something were to go wrong, they would read off a sensor and nurses and stuff could respond. Okay, that. I can see the application for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Just... A block that has power and it sends off data to your other devices so it could read and your other devices can get information so Google Glass would just be your regular glasses the the concept behind it would be it would just be your regular glasses it would give you information your watch would give you any information you have uh, your shoes if you want to do it since Nike um, Nike Plus has been a Thank thing you. for years 
um it could read directly to that and anything you really need to do it can i mean they even have it where you're there have been um prototypes of things where you pretty much wear a watch to then move around and like move things in virtual well augmented reality technically the smart watches that we have could do something very similar because it already has gyroscopes and everything like that all it needs to do is just have some tie into something that we're actually able to see visually so that would be our glasses so in other words it would become an ecosystem that would be tied to this brick that we have that would be supportable for much more than a day because it in itself doesn't need to support a, a big ass screen or anything like that okay what do you think about that sounds boring <laughs> it sounds like a lot of extra you know it, it's definitely a marketing firm's best friend because they get to sell everything you know we maybe only make devices that are compatible with each other so you know this has connected this and has connected that so you get all these pieces i mean it's no different than what they have now i guess iphone samsung they all so it's exactly that it just sounds a lot yeah it's not, it just sounds a lot more boring it sounds like exactly the same thing just a lot more boring because we're going to take out all the bells and whistles take out all the bells and whistles but make an ecosystem that's interconnected yeah yeah it would probably make more sense but because i mean people, people don't really go with sense here's the question here's the here's a okay. question why would you need bezel-less phones if your screens are your glasses and you can just kick back and watch whatever you want to watch because if the sun kicks me in the eye then i'm problems <laughs> <laughs> if the sun kicks you in the eye with when you're looking at your phone you have problems then too yeah but you know with your phone you kind of so with your glasses you'll be sitting there <laughs> i mean i'm just nitpicking but uh i don't know i don't know the glasses concept i could never really get around it like i don't really need it that close because you know they do have the trans was it transistor lens where it goes dark lens. and sun and stuff yep. like that. yeah transition lens so that's yeah that's that's a, that's, a, that's an easy fix for that but it sounds like so much like okay time to leave the house got my brick got my watch got my glasses time to go but essentially these are the things that you would be carrying around with you regardless i mean yeah me i just grab my phone and my charger and i'm good like i just kind of make sure i have my charger because i know i'm going to be burning through my battery so that means you know for your phone so do you have one universal adapter for your phone glasses and charger hopefully you know wireless you just drop them on a pipe and you get to work everything charges well essentially Where? yeah i mean your glasses though at that point it's just feeding information from the brick so it doesn't need to do too much of its own processing so, yeah, but then you talk yeah. about you know a display. Right. Display is light, light projection. Right. So, but it's still the see the thing about Google Glass is it did its own um, processing power, so the battery life on it didn't last as long. Mm. If it was just feeding from a glass, well, from the brick, say for example, it could have lasted a lot longer. Granted, that thing 
even with the recording, lasted like over an hour. It's not bad. Not bad for something that only has like is like that big. Yeah. yeah. Not bad at all. But I do think it 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 is viable. It's just you need to get into the use of it. Much like Vicky, yeah. how often do you forget your glasses when you leave your home? Never. Never. Okay. She's Velmo. She can't see the glasses. I I don't leave home without my glasses either. I may leave out without my watch, but that's intentional because I don't feel like wearing a watch. Yeah. Oh, I I always have this on my wrist. I don't know. Like I just feel my wrist usually feels empty when I don't have it on. Like it's so funny because I before before I got this, I never wore watches since high school, and like I got this, and now I can't. Like I can't go a day without having it on. Essentially. Bit by the apple bug. But that's okay. Uh, for me, the only thing, and I've left my phone home multiple times, and I was like, ah, I gotta get done, probably on lunch. But, you know, a watch isn't a must for me. But I can see how once you've become accustomed to it, it'll probably be hard to kick. Glasses, I wear, I just wear shades, and I've left that home multiple times too. Well, that's because so it's I not guess... something you consistently wear. Oh no, I wear my glasses. My shades every day, every day. Like the sun hurts my eyes, so I actually wear my shades a lot, just for that reason. They have like a UV protection, so when I leave without them, I definitely feel it. But you know, like, so for me, I guess the glasses would probably make nah, nah, I can't get into those. Not unless they build, not unless they build a system where I can attach to something you may already own. Like, not everybody's gonna want to wear the same pair of glasses. It's not all the time it's pretty. Maybe it's just, you know, an overlay that you can buy, paste on, and it'll project into that. Maybe that would probably be a lot more viable. That would get a lot more sale because then you could have your own set of glasses and just, you know, go from there. That's viable as well. All it needs to do is be able to clip onto the frames and to this part right here. And whatever um radios that it needs is just on the side here clipped onto the frame so it's not like up against your skin yeah which will work that'd be perfect whatever happened to i think it's google glass whatever happened to that so what happened to google glass is they went enterprise um so they're still around they're still selling units it's just uh the developers for it didn't feel love consumer ready no, it was it was consumer ready. Just Google started taking things out of it that people loved, like the the video calling feature that they initially started it off with. They eventually took that out, and so people got pissed off. Then they took off this, and then they took off that, and then they took off that, and so people just started well stopped developing for it, and and then started pulling their programs from it, and then it became more enterprise. Like you build your own thing for your own particular project. And so they now work with enterprises to help build their projects for their units. Kind of sucks. It does. Oh. I still have my Google Glass thing. Where is I just draw it here somewhere? Yeah. That's normally the quickest way to kill. Like once you take it from people that are developing for it, it's the quickest way for you think for you know whatever it is to lose a lot of interest. Because the more developers you have, that are interested in creating 
for your product, the better your product's going to sell because then they, they start, they, that's when there's the, these unique things that become a, a demand. It's just that one developer that's going to create that one app or that one program for your device that's just going to make it skyrocket. I think if they just left it as is, it would have done a lot better. If anything, though, it's in as much a lot like what um, my dumb question is saying. Um, it became a problem with. <laughs> I know the username is just like. <laughs> uh, um, it, it became an issue with consumers and privacy and. Admittedly, we had some very pompous, arrogant-ass people using these devices. And it became a problem because they wanted to be able to record everything and anywhere. And that's, that's no... I mean, yes, you can use your smartphone and record people, and they know that you're... They have less of an idea that you're recording them than if you were using it with Google Glass. Because Google Glass would have showed up inside the prison unless you rooted your your glass to actually take that off that feature off but it would have showed you what you're recording in the prism and people would see that hey there's a light on in his prism that and so he's probably recording what google probably should have done was have something where it covered up the the camera lens until you're actually ready to record that shouldn't have been like a third party add-on that someone kickstarted yeah but like I say, that's usually the part, like whenever you come up with new technology, you have to consider because it's those persons that just want to watch the world burn. Like they take advantage of it and they just push it where it shouldn't go and it makes it more dangerous than it is good. That's and exactly that's like, what happened. Yeah. Like yeah. The, there and were that's quite- the, And that's the sad part of technology. Yeah, it is. There were quite literally people that were going into restaurants, trying to record in restaurants. While people are like eating and enjoying their food and then raising a bitch fit because the management came and said, Hey, you can't record. Mm. Or you can't wear those inside here or something like that. And then started to cause problems. And I mean, because of that, I think is where the issue with snap spectacles came in. Um, my dumb question, just because people are already <laughs> wary Just call about... it MTP. <laughs> yeah. um, call it my dumb question. I get <laughs> I'm gonna laugh every time you see it. Um, I think that's where people really like started having an issue with it, because they already were already having that fear because of how Google, my um, Google Glass people were with it, and then Snap Spectacles came along. And even though yes, you can only record, well, I think it was like seven seconds, uh, or whatever how long it was for the Snap, it still was something that was built just to record stuff. Like that was its only purpose. And so that kind of took it over the edge yet again. So I don't know. But getting back onto the actual topic of the plateau. I mean, I don't personally see where probably in the next two to three years, we're going to really get anything worthwhile. I think that's why some companies are taking a step back and saying they're not going to be doing yearly um, updates anymore with their devices. They're just going to actually it was one plus that said it, even though they're still doing two devices at different points throughout the year. But I think they need to really take a step back and say, do we need to put out this device? Yes, we no. need to make money, but do people like, is this really going to benefit people? 
Nope. But, nope, but we're going to make it anyway. We're going to make it anyway. Yeah. Yep. You know what company is very famous for that? Who? Who? Please say. Apple. <laughs> I feel like I feel like all of them, well, most of their S series minus the 5S because it had the, the fingerprint scanner. I feel like most of the S series are, are like just there. Like they're just there to fill an empty space until they could figure out what new they want to add to their phone. It's like I like the 6S. Like the 6S was like a total waste for well for me. I personally felt like it was a total waste. And you can always tell when they introduce a new color and like they capitalize on that color a lot. Yeah. So they're kind of they're kind of like just trying to distract you. That you know nothing much really changed, but oh yeah, it has a new color. So yeah, like you could always tell. And like I like at the moment, I feel like I like, I would agree with you. Like in the next two three years, like we're about to just like nothing's really going to change. Like now it's the bezel-less phones. Well, smaller bezels because they're not they aren't technically bezel-less. But <laughs> now is that. It's like when we when we already reached that. We've already reached that final goal as you know, phones now have less bezels. Like, what's, what are you going to do next? You still have like, you still have, um, you, you have time to like fill up like two things. Like, like next year they make further on with the whole bezel, smaller bezel phone. And then, like after that, what are we going to do for the next year? And then yeah, after that, it's like, I feel like some companies should take their time and like flush out ideas first. That's actually worth the while. That's just be throwing us a phone that's like cost like a thousand dollars unfortunately i think we're gonna have people that are fleshing out these ideas and come out like 2020 and 20 um sorry 2021 with the actual finished product but in the meanwhile they're going to give us like okay let's i'll, I'll use flexible displays as an example they're going to have a slightly flexible well slightly um foldable phone or something like that where the end product is eventually going to be a phone that can actually fold up. Just a rough example. Oh, if you take the, if you look at the video I sent, mm -hmm. I sent the video. That's the, that's the concept for the bendable phone that can pass. Hold on, you, you, your mic just went out completely. I don't know what you did. Nope, can't hear you. Like you hit something and then like your audio just went out. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> I heard something. Hello? There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. No, I was saying that. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So in the video, they have the concept for the the phone that can completely bend, mm -hmm. and then they have the tablet, like a full size tablet that can legit just fold in half and and slide into your pocket. Was this like the Samsung video when the guys at the table and was the girl and they decided to pull out this old phone and he wasn't interested? Is that is that oh, the same wow. video? I don't think so. This is Lenovo, they're flexible phone. Okay, no, no, no. I saw the concept. Samsung one. I didn't see this one. Yeah, it's in the it's in the Skype chat, so in case you wanna see it. Okay, so let's let's take a look at both of them really quick. So I'm going to let's take a look at the Samsung okay. concept. Video from two thousand and fourteen on the stream first. And then I'll play the one that uh, Nali sent to us inside the... Ooh, okay. Now, this foldable phone that bent on your wrist actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, so... Pretty cool. Hold on, so... Save, so, like... 
Hold on. Let's let's play the let's play the Samsung one, and then we'll play the um, the Nova one, and yeah. then let's talk. Hey, what's up with you and Carla? Has she left you yet? <laughs> oh, she did. Hello? Hello? <coughs> Look at my tablet. Technology is my thing. Well, I need to get going. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Oh. Can I see that? Yeah. Sure. Wow. All in a day's work for Samsung. <laughs> awesome. Hey, you should join me for coffee sometime. It's my card. Cool. Hey, uh, for handing out business cards. Bye. Bye. Ugh, thought he'd never leave. That's a lot of work, Marshall. Whoa! That's amazing. Loyal. <laughs> no, not at all. And what's so, that? Was one something pop? Oh, as you guys see, something fancy, and I said she's <laughs> she loyal. Let's take a look at the Nova one. Great, my guest what? concept demo. What the? Yeah, it, it, it like goes to like question and answers. Keep like keep scrolling. There's there's like a point where the girl actually has like the watch, the phone watch on her wrist, like and where? you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Like it doesn't look, I don't know, it just doesn't look pleasing on the eyes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. This new tablet. I've been looking at pictures of adorable kitties. But if I need to, I can fold it up and take super serious business calls. Or I can just open it back up and girl? look at pictures of kitties again. Well, I think that's enough about kitties, Megan. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, I have to admit, it's not that pleasing to the eye. Pleasing. Yeah. Me but then again, neither was really Samsung's. Like at least the well, I, I should I should take that back. The foldable one isn't all that pleasing. The one that comes out from the little tube, I did like that one. Like that one's my more favorite one. Yeah, but like, how does that work? <laughs> like, how would that I'm even work? Uh, I'm guessing it would have a rollable screen since it's all flexible screens now, and so yeah. it's just it's 
as it springs it out, the screen just comes out with it. And then as what's you... Springing it? What's springing it out, though? When you press from the top. Does he yeah, press from the top? Yeah, I feel top? you. I feel you, but think of the mechanism inside there. What's springing that out? There's a lot of different things that would spring out. Because it has a base already. And the screen's just, like, overlaid on that base. I feel you. So it just needs to continuously spring out the, the base, and then you just push it back like, in. I, I guess I have to see the mechanical structure of it, but it yeah. doesn't really add up for me. How, how that works. I'm not but again, like you say, it was just a it was just it was just a concept. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but Vicky, uh, like you said, the watch doesn't look pleasing to the eye, but what may not be nice, may not be eye catching for you, may be functional for some. Is, is that the reason why? No, but I'm just saying, like, like that's the in, in terms of where else phones can go. That's probably that, that's the only other real thing. Like, you have to design it in a way that it's more convenient. Like, I'd love to take a full screen tablet in my pocket. You know, I'd love to take a full ten inch tablet, full with five inches, and tuck it in my pocket and be okay and not you know know that's it's gonna still work. I don't have to worry about having to carry a backpack or you know. That may be more functional for someone else. Um, to be quite honest, I I think the whole idea is to have a mixture between phones and tablets that you can yeah. be able to carry around with you. If you feel like moving on from uh, looking at uh, talking on WhatsApp and then you open it up and then you're able to read a book, I think that's the real idea behind it. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, that's kind of how I feel like things are going to go. Like these are the end products that we have, but we're going to get like these broken down versions until we get to that point, because then, you know, uh, it takes time to actually build it up and then so on and so forth. We want to be able to be the, the test dummies in a sense, essentially. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, I mean, eh, I, I don't know how I really feel about that. What I want to be, I want to like, be able to be in the next world and I want to be walking around here with my thick bezel phone. You want this bezel phone? <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> like, she, fi she fixated on this bezel phone. Oh, I, but man, I think for me the thing is, is that like a lot of people are calling them bezel-less phones. But they still have bezels, they're just thinner. So you have to be like thin bezels and not bezel-less. Yeah, but you could, I guess you could technically say in a marketing piece that it is, you know, a non-bezel phone if the bezel is lower than that of the average, cons you know, the consumer piece. I yeah. I, I, so I you can, it's, it's almost like a play of words, not saying, okay, it's exactly bezel-less. It's like a Subway's foot-long sandwich. It's not exactly a foot long, but they say it because it's close too. Yeah. So then it would then be like a, it would then be like that approximately type of setting. So it's like yeah. approximately yeah. foot long. Yeah. Because they're not, they never said it's approximately a foot long. And then people measured it and be like, oh, you're not selling us a foot long. It's like, yeah, it's just a market. It's just the name for it. So it's a foot long sandwich. They probably have like a little small fine print on the commercials, but no one really checked for them. Oh yeah, you. Oh, I love to try and try. And, I love to try and read those. And he's just pausing me like, 
can't read this. <laughs> but yeah. technically, it's there. Technically, yeah. it's there. They just have it there to say, you know, you guys can't see what's in there because it's there. You just you can't read it, but it's there. Exactly. You have to, you know, make sure it's in 4K and you'll be able to scale it up and pause it at that exact moment. It's up for only two seconds. Yeah. By the way, MDQ, I do agree with you that, you know, I, I would I would give up bezels and a slimmer phone for more battery life by within a heartbeat. Also, thanks for following. But, um... Okay, so... Huh. Next is kind of serious question. How would you guys feel if? Well, has a has a has a thing. Do any of you use Netflix? No, I use stupid. I use it like when there when there are certain things like like Marvel, like when they release their shows on Netflix. Instead of me downloading it, I just like go and go there and watch it. It's more convenient. Okay. <laughs> so I <now> use it. <laughs> go on, go on, Nick. No, Vicwell, sorry. Oh, I use it basically just like the Netflix original series. Like just, I just go on there instead of downloading it. Saves time. So Nolly, what do you what do you typically visit on the internet? And please don't mention porn sites. Uh, YouTube. Kiss that and kiss cartoon. That has the collect. That has everything that you need to watch. Okay, and Dream industry, gaming, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what if you were then one day say, um, they came along and said, "Okay, well, Vicky, you you already spend, and I'm just gonna go with the rough amount of seventy dollars." You spend seventy dollars for internet here with us. For you to access Netflix, you're going to have to spend an additional fifty dollars. How would you feel about that? No, I'm not interested. Because I I have to pay internet. I have to pay for internet. Then I'm going to have to pay for my Netflix subscription. Then I'm going to eventually have to pay in order to use Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I just like getting triple charge? For one service, because no net neutrality. And Nali, how would you feel if they were to come to you and say, "Well, you're one of our power users." I want them to fix their face to try. <laughs> you're one of our power users, and we see that you use a lot of internet. So, you know, you use seventy dollars, but you know, since you do gaming and streaming, we're gonna have to charge you another hundred dollars on top of that. Charge your mom. <laughs> charge me. Cause I ain't paying it. Like, I, I would, I would hit the internet uh, just like anybody else, and fi- try and find the best way to, you know, best way around around that. That's the only thing you could do. Best way around, because bro, there's no way, there's no way you think you can charge someone on top of what they're already using to gain access. BTC tried. See how quick they we we it? It's like, oh well, you know, we think of charging our customers to use WhatsApp. Oh really? <laughs> oh really? And we have a you have a competitor coming out. You about to try and charge me for WhatsApp? Let me show you what's what. Like your competitor ain't charging me for WhatsApp. Think about that. Uh, I do want to make a slight correction there. It was that BTC had 
made an agreement with WhatsApp. They weren't going to charge. They would, the idea and the premise behind it was that they're able to create packages where you could get WhatsApp built in for free. Much like how they have the current packages now, where you have WhatsApp pieces you, for that's free. That's still charging. That's still charging. Regardless of what you said, that's still charging. Because if you're charging me uh, a price that includes additional to go towards WhatsApp, that means once I hit that cap on WhatsApp, I now be charged again. That's still charging. No, okay, so here's, here's what's currently happening. Um, they give you a certain amount for WhatsApp. You hit that and then it takes it that usage doesn't come from your main usage so you can still be browsing internet um looking at youtube and I feel you. that doesn't use any that the whatsapp and that is different until okay, you hit that you. amount so, with whatsapp and then it starts uh -huh. to take away from the rest okay so okay so what you're saying is once you've already used that whatsapp a lot of the amount and that now WhatsApp begins to chew through the rest of your data like it normally would. Right. It's the same thing. <laughs> right, but they're just essentially they're just giving you something extra because of their the agreement that they have. So why, I, I just wanted to correct why that pay, particular why pay, Okay, you're right. So my my thing is why pay for extra data when you could just Wi-Fi free? <laughs> Someone still has to pay that Wi-Fi. Yeah, but if I have to pay, if I don't have to pay an extra fee, like if I just have to pay one set fee for my Wi-Fi, then I don't really have to worry about that. Like I'll do what everybody else does and just turn uh, off all videos, all messages, everything until I get to Wi-Fi, then download them. I mean, there's that option. That's how you can serve data. Like, you know, especially for those long, hard BTC days I had. Oh, nothing came through WhatsApp. Oh, no. Say, oh, check this video. No, bro. I can check that when I get home. <laughs> got that kind of thing. No one got that data to spend. Now we're live. I, you know, like my home internet is freaking out. I'm actually on my live data right now. No problem. Easy thing. So that's where the lag is coming from. Okay. Uh, You're on a live <laughs> user. Yes. 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 I, I definitely made the switch. It was much easier. Much more convenient. But, um, how would you then feel? Well, I mean, before I get into that, essentially, that's what's happening with the broadband aspect in the States. And even in India, like, this is a, this is a worldwide topic. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just, like, focus in on the United States because the United States is having its own issues. Meanwhile, India has now gotten the most strict net neutrality laws in the world at this point so yes roughly around the same time the u.s fcc is going to try and get rid of net neutrality another country is saying bam we need this bam this is going to be the strongest thing in, out there and i think what we need is to make sure that whatever you trying to unfold? not just scale bahamas <laughs> or, or btc, BTC or um, or any particular ISP anywhere in the world, we all need to make sure that this stays net neutral, that net neutrality stays a thing. Reddit, of course, made it a big deal when it, because oh, yeah. it's, but that's only in the United States. There's the rest of the world. It's just the United, the United States is not the only place that uses Reddit. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's something that they need to also understand. Yes, the majority of it is English speaking, and yes, there's a large amount that's of the United States that, well, of the user base that is from the United States. But come on, there's there's more places. I don't actually think the Bahamas has a net neutrality law. Thank God. What do you mean? Thank God. We should. We should have net neutrality. Oh, net, we should. Have, okay, I thought you meant uh, trying to go against net neutrality. But right now, as as it stands, I don't think we have anything in place that says that the ancestor, the, our current ISPs are obligated to try anything. They may attempt to. I think we'd find out like pretty quickly. Well, I mean, someone um, who I work with in one of the other countries, they quite literally told me, and they showed me an example of Panama, where they have for mobile data different tiers of internet service so let me see if i could find that really quick um i know one was just for like streaming netflix and twitch and stuff like that uh the other one is it here we go one is for social media for Facebook, Instagram, Twi um, Twitch, Snapchat, stuff like that. You actually have to have one particular package to use it. Another one is like video with YouTube, Netflix, Periscope, and Twitch. Another one is messaging for WhatsApp, Skype. Um, I think that's Viber, Hangouts, Line, and FaceTime or iMessage. Another one for music like Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Another one for email and cloud services. That's internet rape. It is. And then on top like, of that, like, what's the like? You could imagine the price for if you want to use all of them together. You can't. Like with the service price, that'd be so ridiculous. You can't. No, like you have to only... get yeah. You have to get one package, which is like it's from what I'm reading because it's in it's from Panama, so it's in another language. But it's, um, I think this one's the current, the, the, the screenshot I have is on discount from six ninety nine to four ninety nine pounds or is that pounds? It says mess. Nice. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not sure on the currency. Um, but that's 10 gigs and then you have to like if you want access to anything else you need to get an additional package on top of that it's retarded man so it's ridiculous when we talk about net neutrality we we only really think about like hardwire broadband that goes beyond that because these companies yeah. are also looking at getting money when it comes to mobile data Digicel, one of the biggest uh, mobile data providers in the Caribbean, wants net neutrality gone. They want to be able to charge, since they're having problems with um, getting money from the over-the-top um, services like Netflix and WhatsApp, because no one wants to pay them um, from like so that they can continue their network infrastructure, then they want to charge the customers to get access to it now. 
That's the quickest way to cause your company to lose out to any competitor that comes in and tries to offer something better. That's all it takes. Pretty much. And that's kind of what um, MDQ is saying. So, like, he quite literally says, so what do you need for self-hosted <laughs> self stuff? A server at home with Plex, for example. And you can just stream whatever you want from there. I mean, granted, you still kind of need access to the internet to download stuff. But... Okay. Yeah. Yep, it's It's just becoming a pain when you really, really think about it. Because... Ah... If I remember, let me actually see if I can find that post from Digicel. The thing is, like, thinking of Cable Bahamas or BTC, if they, if either of them were the first to budge on net neutrality, the other would automatically win. Automatically. Because yeah. I, I don't... I don't see Cable Bahamas suffering anytime soon in terms of their uh, their, their broadband. It's just never going to go away. And they're now offering fibers at home. Like, why would you now want to tamper with that? You know, the fact that, okay, you have this one set price. And there's always that consistent one set price. And then you have new persons coming on because of the satisfaction from those who have this one set price and the ability to use this. You know, why do you want to say now, okay, I'm going to limit X, Y, Z. And be like, you know what? Really for me, it's, it's exactly what MDQ was saying for profit. Yeah. I mean, but then again, and I'm, I'm not saying this like <laughs> this is my own words, not that of the company I work for. But I know er, much earlier on, like in 2000, like the early 2000s, I had a situation where, yeah, I was downloading something and I got a call from someone at Kale Bahamas saying. Hey, I'm noticing that you're downloading this. They were watching to see what I was downloading. Stalker. Very much so. You may have had a stalk. You may have had a stalker. No, like. Was it? A... Huh? Was it a girl or was it a guy? It was a guy. It was a guy that called me. It was a bad stalker. <laughs> um, but the point is that I'm trying to make is. At that point, they more than likely were working either with someone or they were working to try and catch people who were doing it. And I think after some people complained about it or they realized, you know, certain people just have open routers. Yeah, that's true. So if they just let someone come on and they're doing something, how are you going to charge them? And that's been one of the key things about um, piracy regardless. So it became undoable. But then, so if we take that kind of premise, like they're, they were already doing this back then. And the only reason why they probably stopped is because they couldn't actually enforce it properly. Yeah. Why, what's stopping them from doing something very similar in the, in the um, future? Yeah. Which is exactly this. And so, I mean, and when you really think about it, and I'm, I'm going to go and dig into the rabbit soul a little bit. Um, here in the Bahamas, we have uh, one. We had one mobile competitor, which was BBC, and that that was the only one. And then they opened it up, and there were three companies that wanted it. Kale Bahamas wanted their own mobile competitor. 
um, Vodafone wanted their com wanted to become the second competitor, and um, I think it was Verizon. Then Verizon wanted to become the, yeah. the third competitor, and I think there was like a, a Bahamian comp person that wanted like a Bahamian group that wanted to do it, but they dropped out early on. So here's the thing. Oh, and Digicel. I, I don't think it was Verizon. I think it was Vodafone, if I remember correctly. Anyway, so Vodafone, Digicel, and Kale Bahamas. Well, here's the funny thing. Guess who owns... Well, Vodafone um, said left. And the company that they are owned by, Liberty Global bought cable and wireless cable and wireless is the company that owns ptc Vodafone now has a way now is in the mobile industry you have digicel digicel tied up with kale bahamas that's why most of the alive competitor well the live executives are from digicel almost all of them are from digicel and um, what was the other one? Vodafone. Oh, and so yeah, Digicel and Kale Bahamas tied up, so that there's the top three right there. So, and here's the thing Digicel quite literally said this when um, the FCC made its mention of um, taking away net neutrality in the US. This is, I'm reading from their website now. The move by the FCC. In the U.S. to roll back restrictive net neutrality regulation as it relates to regulating the internet is a victory for telecoms, consumers, and economies. Digicel said today that it, as it urged Caribbean regulators to take note and not simply apply a blanket one-size-fits-all approach in their markets. In other words, hey, make the internet like safe for everyone. Digicel supports an open internet, which this is quite literally going against with them saying, but the strict approach to net neutrality previously adopted in the U.S. favored the interests of large internet companies like Google and Facebook, who notably invest no money in infrastructure, while stifling innovation and seriously hampering the telecoms co companies who provide and pay for the internet networks. Essentially, the, the, what they're saying is because they're not able to get money from Facebook and Google and WhatsApp and Netflix, um, even though they're riding on their internet, they want to be able to make some money from that so that they can grow. Even though they're, they are making money from people using their internet. But it is eating into things like WhatsApp calling is eating into actual calls. What, um, WhatsApp is eating into uh, text messaging. Netflix is eating into their video um, programming. The new approach is now being put forward by the FCC recognizes that micromanaging the internet leads to reduced investment in broadband networks, but they're not micromanaging. The FCC has basically done jack shit all. They, they've been very hands off with it because they don't want to accept it as title two, which actually makes it on the level of like the basic utilities, which the internet is. Um, and creates unnecessary red tape and uncertainty for, uncertainty for investors. It recognizes that not all traffic in the internet needs to be treated the same way 
and gives freedom and flexibility to network operators and content providers to offer a wider range of services to so that consumers can choose the one that suits them. In other words, tiered packaging. The move by the FCC in the US to a more light touch form in the internet regulation is designed to encourage investment on networks. In other words, they're saying yay for being hands off with it. <laughs> this is um, instructive of the for the markets of the Caribbean where the positive economic impact of broadband access is evident, but where the most investment in broadband net networks is needed. Digicel believes that this is important to ensure that the Caribbean is a key player in the digital economy and that it is not only regions such as Silicon Valley that benefit from the online revolution. All puff right there. And welcoming the new the move by the FCC in the US, uh, the CEO for Digital Digicel Caribbean and Central America said it, it's a case of horses for courses rather than one size fits all. It's a victim, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty much the same thing for the very first paragraph. She continues, it's only with the tailored and considered regulatory approach that infrastructure providers like Digicel can continue in to invest with certainty in our networks and in turn help to propel the knowledge economy in the region. We would urge regulators across the Caribbean to take note of the developments in the US and would welcome a debate about desired policy outcomes for the region, such as expanding broadband access before imposing restrictive regulations. So basically, oh, you know, we want to make sure we can charge you for Facebook and any other social media that doesn't charge so we can make sure our Christmas bonus looks pretty good. Pretty much. Um, to answer some of the questions from chat, privacy laws, uh, that's a good question. They're not publicly stated. Like, we're not sure. There's, there's been no real talk about it. The only thing that's really been a thing is that you can't post people's nudes other than, um, and if you do that, then certain authorities will come after you. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you can't slander someone on the internet, but that's kind of here or there. Yeah. I've heard some rumors about that. So, um, I mean, but other than that. There's, there's no real privacy laws that really come about with people talking. Hmm. No. Um, with sign R12, let's see, that's my worst fear. I know this might sound weird, but I'm afraid when I'm drinking <laughs> off, sorry for the language, that someone's watching me through the camera. Well, that's a little bit different. That's quite literally hacking in. Um, yeah, so it would be like if you were to want to watch porn, they would, you would, they would charge you to watch porn. To be able to, to go to those porn websites. That's the quickest way to kill everybody's momentum. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and considering the fact that that can happen both broadband and mobile data, and that is, that is quite literally the easiest way to create a state that's almost very similar to China. Where you, where you can quite literally restrict certain things from certain people. And if you, if a company like, uh, ISPX doesn't like the content that's coming from one particular source, they can slow down the internet service on that. 
I quite literally had an argument with um, Caleb, one of the Caleb Bahamas vice presidents. David Burroughs. David Burroughs. Where I showed proof that they were giving slower speeds on certain things and they were giving preference to certain servers when you do a speed test. He said, oh, well, it can only be a true test if you're testing on a server that they that's on their network. Meanwhile... Yeah, Sorry. That would be interconnected onto their fiber system. That's right. What meant. Right. So, and that's the only way to do a true speed test. But at the same time, a few years ago, they were having you connect to servers in Miami. And the speeds that you were getting there were consistent with what they were offering. And they were telling you to use those servers. So which one's the truth? Yeah. Yeah. I see where you come from. Not only like- that then why do certain ISPs, when you test from one place, test another place, and test another place, they all pretty much give the same internet speeds? Yeah. It means that they're not restricting. Yeah. Uh, when I normally do a, IS, uh, a speed test from a location, as I said, from an event, but do a live stream, I normally collect some place in Georgia or New York just to get a true speed test reading. That way I know what exactly i'm getting because if i do it from anything on the local cable network it's basically going to be consistent it's basically going to be more fluff yeah than anything so once i do a test outside of that then i get to see exactly what my connection speeds are going to be like uh, in terms of latency as well because the latency is even different exactly well i mean latency also comes with distance so that kind of makes sense I'm talking about like drastic differences. Okay, well then, yeah. Um, yeah, so. But ping, latency, um, that can change when it comes to distance. Typically, you know, you don't want it to be too high. If it's too high, then there is some problem somewhere. But with internet speed on a whole, it shouldn't be like a whole 30 megabyte difference. Just because you're you're not connecting to somewhere local and you're just connecting to another state. Or you're connecting to another server that is local. Yeah. That isn't on their network. That that doesn't make sense. At all. Why would an internet giant like Netflix quite literally make its own pro- um, product that does speed tests that can help you understand like you can that actually is based so you can show your ISP that they are being throttled. Sure. Which was, and see, that's another thing. Caleb Bahamas was saying that kind of thing doesn't happen. But yet they didn't deny it or refute it when I actually showed the example of Comcast doing that exact same thing to Netflix a few years ago. Like, they acted like that wasn't an actual thing, but it is. So, we already have people doing stuff like this, so it's only a matter of time before certain other things happen. And we need to make sure... I know I'm starting to get into that um, public servant announcement kind of thing that I did in esports rap, and Omega probably knows about that because he was there for that one. But um, we need to make sure that we stay on top of the, our ISPs and we stop them from doing this kind of stuff. And we talk with our government officials to make sure that there are rules and regulations that, that enforce net neutrality, both in broadband and mobile. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree, because that's a, that's a slippery slope to everybody start 
So like maybe you offer to a local library because you know libraries don't really have that kind of money, but they have somewhere where people can come, they can use it at a low, a very low cost to them, that allows them to still generate people coming in. So like if someone goes to school and the school has a, a a public library, people can come into the public library and still utilize school's library system while at the same time utilizing the internet at a low cost to them, but they still generate and keep that influx going. So like uh, not just that's why I say not just the students. If we do it just the students, then now you have like a different kettle of fish. But if you offer it to say establishments that can okay for this low price, you can offer these sites and people just come and use these sites for free for you know however amount of time they need. But then it makes it easier for them to now generate revenue while not losing out because now if I want to offer this if I want to offer internet, internet's going to cost me an arm and leg, like. Internet for uh, businesses at Cape Bahamas, honestly, is an arm and leg. It's yeah. expensive, and it's not even a high tier of internet. So that in itself is already a loss for the business, in my opinion. How do you know? And I think we lost Nali again. Wait, no, no, there we go. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Oh, I think my phone's yeah, my phone's getting close to dying. But I'm saying that business-wise, it would be better if you offer something like that to businesses, especially like coffee shops. People don't really come there; like they'll come to a coffee shop to probably catch them on X, Y, Z. You could offer a lower tier to them, where they can still meet their overhead and not have to pay you an exorbitant amount just to have people come there to use the internet. You know? Well, people go to coffee shops to browse the internet on a whole, so I don't think that's really going to work. I I agree, but then to offer them, say. Maybe okay, maybe not coffee shops, but any other establishment that may want to but can't for a certain for, for certain reasons. I I still so, I still don't know about that because the whole premise behind the free internet for the country, kind of uh, or the very cheap internet tier, is quite literally so everyone has access because that's what they're that's what people are trying to aim for for everyone to have access to the internet at least for the very base essentials. So if we limit it to just libraries. And that kind of defeats the purpose. I agree. I can agree. I don't, I don't mean to like stomp on you or anything like that. No, I understand what you're saying. I, I see your point. Uh, Crash Blade Root Bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soda? Probably just a ginger ale. I just think mine is root beer as well. Root beer is the nectar of the gods. <laughs> or at least so some certain cartoons will tell you. But um Yeah, I think that pretty much that, that nails a lot of the topics that we wanted to talk to about tonight. Does everyone feel comfortable? Do you want to like touch on anything before we leave? No. I think we touched on plenty. <laughs> like we touched on a lot. <laughs> Okay, well, I'd like to thank everyone that has decided to come on stream and follow, such as My Dumb Question, uh, who's left a little bit early because he had to go do some stuff. Sanine R12, Weapons Live. Thanks for following. Uh, for everyone that's been in chat, like uh, Omega Senpai, uh, the same people who followed uh, Mr. Wan so on and so forth. Thank you for coming inside the chat and being part of the conversation. 
And of course, for my two guests, Vaquel, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. And Nali, thank you for coming on as well. It's fun. It's very fun. <laughs> so, okay, guys, don't forget, uh, esports wrap is next week, Tuesday at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Tech Talk is on Thursday again at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Feel free to come in on any either or both shows and become a part of the conversation. And until next time, enjoy a cookie. <laughs>